You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here. Welcome back to Talking Law. Today, we're talking about ways to streamline the contracting process. So why is this important? In the last episode, I talked about issues that can be caused by a lack of sufficient detail in contracts, or even worse, a failure to have a finalized contract before performance under the contract starts, which happens more often than you might think. The problem is that without a contract, or without clear terms in the contract, there is the risk of ambiguity. Where there is ambiguity, there is the risk of argument. And where there's argument, there's often wasted amounts of time, money, and other resources. So the aim here is for us to set up the systems to be in place to ensure that we don't get to the position where we're wasting time and money dealing with arguments that could have been prevented by having the right systems in place or contracts in place or terms in place from the beginning. But first, we need to have a look at what is the cause of the issue? Why are contracts unfinalized before performance under them starts? Or why are they lacking in appropriate detail such that they cause ambiguity and then argument? I often speak about these issues either with clients or with people who attend seminars that I speak at. And no matter what the size of the organization, whether it's an SME or one of, you know, Australia's leading organizations or multinationals, it all often comes back to three main issues. The first is lack of time. No matter what the size of an organization, everyone within every organization that I deal with is always busy. And often contracts are just one of those things that are less enjoyable and seen as less important than many of the other tasks that people within a business perform on a daily basis. So lack of time. The second main issue is lack of consideration of the real risks. And this sort of ties into the issue of lack of time. So not only is everyone so busy, Often they're too busy to sit down and think about what the real risks are in each of the transactions that they're dealing with on a contractual basis. And the third element is lack of understanding, a lack of understanding about how to cover those things in a contract. Or indeed, sometimes there's a lack of understanding about even what should be covered in a contract or how to cover the situation in a contract of what happens if a breach occurs or if something that you have agreed on doesn't occur the way you want it to occur. And what I mean by this is often people don't understand that if they want a right of termination for something not happening in the contract, then they need to specifically often build in this right for themselves. Or if they want a right of redress in relation to service or quality or other elements of a contract not being met, They need to be really clear about what the expectation is for what performance looks like under those elements. And this runs both ways, whether or not you're dealing with people who are supplier to your organization or whether you're dealing with contracts in which you're dealing with your customers 
in your contracts. In each of these situations, it's extremely important that the people who are dealing with the contracts understand the elements of the contract that are relevant to that contracting situation and about what to include in those contracts to ensure that the contract has the best chance of the parties achieving what each of them are meant to achieve under the contract and for the contract having successful performance. Unfortunately, managing risk is often an afterthought that only raises its head when a problem occurs. But people also forget about the other aspect of having contracts in place, which is obviously about the management of risks, but is also about underpinning what success looks like for the relationship between the parties and setting up the right atmosphere to encourage success because it's being clear to both parties what success looks like. So how then can an organisation get around these three issues, these issues of lack of time, lack of risk consideration, and lack of understanding of the legal elements that need to be included to ensure the contract performs in the way that you intend? The answer is in creating a process to streamline the way your business or your department deals with their contracts. So how can you do this? All right, now we're going to get really practical. So one of the ways that you really need to start in this area is to set aside some time to look specifically at this area. I'm reading a great book at the moment about deep work, which I might talk about in another episode of this podcast. But essentially, the concept is that for important tasks, and this certainly overlooking the contract process within your organization or department is a deeply important task, is something that needs to be given an allocated time and um, time away from distractions. So you need to allocate whoever it is in your organization who's going to be looking, or your department, who's going to be looking at this issue, give them a mandate to spend a particular period of time looking at the process of contracts within your organization. Once someone has the time, then the tasks are this. Firstly, reflect back over the last year, at least the last year, maybe further than that, and think about the main contracts in your area of the business or the business as a whole, if you're looking at this process on behalf of your business as a whole. Reflect back on what the main contracts have been, both with suppliers and with clients, or depending on your organization, it may just be one or the other or any other third parties. List out the types of relationships. And next to those, list out any sorts of issues that have occurred along the way with any of these relationships in the past. Because, of course, warding off areas where you've had issues in the past is a great start to ensuring that you don't have those again in the future. Then for each of these main areas, you should be considering getting together a suite of templates for your organization that deal with each of these areas. On the other hand, if you usually have to sign another party's contract, say, for example, because you deal with counterparties who are often larger than your organization, or if you deal with specialized types of contracts, so it makes more sense for you to be executing the contracts or dealing with the contracts that come in from your counterparty, then at this step, you should be at least creating checklists of your preferred positions in relation to dealing with the risks that relate to the areas and obligations. The next area you should be thinking about is creating a process for whoever it is in your organization to be reviewing the contracts that come in. Ideally, you should be choosing one person in your department or your organization to be the main conduit 
of contracts. So be the main person that's dealing with contracts. So even if you're generally using outsourced legal, which is a great idea in these situations, particularly if you're dealing with any contracts that have a real element of potential risk or potential for argument in the future involved, it's best to have one person in the organization or a number of people in the organization who are familiar with your organization's process of dealing with these contracts. So choose a person or number of people within the organization to deal with the contracts and then get them trained up and familiar with the terms of what each common types of clauses within these agreements that you regularly deal with actually mean. You can get them trained up um, either by sending them on formal courses to understand contract terms a bit more. You could get them trained up by getting them to listen through all of the podcasts that we've created here at Talking Law for understanding the types of terms and, and issues that deal with contracts. Or you can have it by developing and or you can have this by developing a close relationship with your, your lawyers so that you're working as you work together with them through each contract, you're getting a feel for where the areas of significance appear in each of these contracts. Once you've done that, then you should be creating a checklist for the major things to look out for. For example, as I said, this might be areas in the past that have created issue. You might also at this point want to get some advice from other people, other people in your industry or dealing with your type of role or from your legal advisors in relation to the usual risks in these sorts of transactions or areas or contracts. You can also brainstorm with other people in your team or your organization about what the risks are in the types of situations that you've identified as the main contracting relationships. Then the last thing to do is to ensure that these templates that you've had created and the checklists to help guide you or whoever it is in your organization or department that's dealing with these contracts through the sorts of areas that should be specifically looked at and the sorts of questions and risk areas that should be considered in each of these relationships is to then ensure that these templates and checklists are stored in a place and together with a process that you've created internally in a way that it's easy to access in the future. And so you know if there's changes that are happening with these templates. I've certainly seen it happen a lot within organizations who have templates or documents that they use regularly to then have people within the organization start making small changes to the document. The problem is lots of small changes or even a few small changes over time being made by different people within the organization can do a lot of harm to a template. I've seen lots of templates come back to us that we've created initially or helped to create initially. And then over the years, they've been modified within an organization. And by the time we see them again, they're so different from the templates that had been initially created that often they completely lose their legal effect. So it's really important to ensure that you have version control over the templates that are saved within your organization system and that you have a way to deal with any changes that are needing to be made to those templates so that when those changes are made, they're not impacting the legal effect of the templates themselves. And then the last area to think about is when you're using these templates or checklists is how is it that the individual who's working through the template or checklist is going to understand whether or not the risks have been covered off within this contract. Now, it might be 
you might be close with your legal advisors or you might just use your legal advisors to create the templates. But I'd certainly recommend that whoever's dealing with your contracts within your organization have enough of an understanding about how to tie in other elements of a contract, say, for example, the statement of works or the service level agreements that go with them or things that are set out in the schedule and how to tie those sorts of things back into the contract if performance of any of those areas is critical or has any importance to the contract as a whole. All right. So some of the objections that I often see or hear in relation to going through this process of getting a clearly defined way of dealing with contracts within an organization, I think are useful for me to deal with today. So one of those um, objections or questions I get or responses is people saying to me that they've got a close relationship with all of their suppliers or all of their customers, so they don't think problems are likely to occur or things are likely to get nasty. But It's important to understand that things can change. Management can change. Businesses can be sold. Personnel within businesses can change. And more than that, contracts are the way of helping you cover off the detail that you might not always think to create. So contracts help to set up a relationship. They help to set up a relationship that provides you with that stability if things change. So for example, the management change or the business being sold or personnel changing. But they also sit there to help in the situations where even if people don't change, memories can dim. And sometimes even the issue might be that conversations have not been had about some of these important points. So the thing is, the contract is sitting there to set up a relationship between each of the parties to withstand changes in personnel, changes in business culture, or dimming of memory with time. Another argument that I often hear is that people don't have time. They don't have time to go back and set up a proper process for dealing with their contracts or a proper suite of templates and a proper checklist of the things to be considering. My argument is that disagreements take up a lot more time than you often realise. A lot more time, a lot more money, a lot more resources. So it really makes sense to ward these issues off the pass and to set time out right at the beginning for you to go through each of these areas that are important to set up so that you can get your suite of templates set up and your checklist set up and your process set up right from the beginning to help you get into the situation where you avoid arguments that are time sapping and resource sapping. And then the final objection that I hear all the time is that organizations don't have someone who is available who or who understands the in an appropriate way the things that they're dealing with in a contract. And that's totally understandable. And then in that instance, you should be outsourcing it. So we work in this way with lots of our clients. All right. So that brings us to the four main action steps coming out of today's podcast. So firstly, appoint someone in your organization or department with primary responsibility for the contracts or for primary responsibility for dealing with your outsourced legal in relation to each of these contracts. Make sure they're trained up either using formal training or by having that close relationship with your legal advisors to help them to understand what the important elements in each contract and each negotiation are from a contractual perspective. Number two, brainstorm the risks in each usual contracting relationship. So you've got a clear understanding at the outset and so you don't have to do this each time from scratch. 
Number three, create a checklist for the major things to look out for in each of these types of contracts. And four, create templates that are often used for these types of contracts so that you can, in each contracting situation, have a template from your suite of templates for you to draw from. And even if you're not able to use your contract with your contracting customer or supplier, at least you'll have your contract to compare back to or to send through to your lawyers as a check in relation to the types of risk positions that you usually adopt in relation to each of these relationships. So that's it. Just a quick recap. In this episode, we talked about ways to streamline the contracting process. And of course, a lot of the relevance of streamlining the contract process is ensuring that you're in a situation where it's easy or easier at least for you, your organization to have properly binding contracts and properly detailed contracts in each of the contracting relationships that you're entering into to adequately protect your organization. And the other element that we talked about is the importance of understanding the major elements in a contract the importance for the person who is going to be dealing at the coalface most often with your contracts to have some understanding or at least someone that they can rely on to give them understanding of the major elements of each of these contracts. And we talked about the other action steps about appointing someone in your organization to deal with the contracts, brainstorming the risks in each of the usual contracting relationships and using checklists and templates. All right, so if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au where you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you want to read it in more detail. And you'll also find details there of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like help with any of the items we covered today. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening in and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.